Who, who uh, sees themselves as some type of Christmas know-it-all? You're the expert of the Christmas story in the Bible. Anybody? Like, you, you can put the pieces together. Anybody in the building? A Christian? Any Christ followers in the building? How many times have you heard the Christmas story? It's time to read the Christmas story on your own, right? Quit getting it from other teachers and preachers. By the way, aren't you thankful that all the Bible teachers that we have in this church during Catalyst, if you miss Catalyst in a Bible teaching class, small group, you miss Catalyst. Amen? Those of you that go, I know you have question answer times. And listen, some of you, we've got new members joining the church on a regular basis. There's new teachers coming into our church that God has gifted you with the gift of teaching. The question is, why aren't you using it? Silence is in the room. Also, all the other gifts that are listed in Scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Romans chapter 12, read it for yourself. There's a gift listed in there that you have been given at least one gift to bring glory to God through the local church. The question is, why aren't you using your gift? That's called disobedience. So today we're going to listen, L-O-T, listen to God, obey God, trust God. L-O-T, listen to God, obey God, trust Him. You say, well, I can't. Some people say, well, I played instrument for all my, through college, through high school. Then why are you laying it down when it's time to give it to the Lord, right? Are your voice, are your gifts of doing whatever you do as unto the Lord? It's time to get busy serving the Lord. Do we believe that when the Bible talks about the last days, perilous times will come? People will be, and it has a whole list of what people will be. Lovers of pleasure, lovers of money, lovers of self, disobedient to parents. It goes on and on and on. Do you believe that we live in perilous times? But do you believe we're the light of the world? Jesus is the light of the world, but then he says, he transitions in Matthew chapter 5 and says to his disciples, you are the light of the world. Then he says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and bring glory to your Father who is in heaven. Problem is, the church is not lighting the world. The world's getting as dark. It's doing its job. It's being as disobedient as it possibly can to God. It's sinning heavily against God. It's bringing the darkness. Satan's doing his job and his kingdom's doing the job. The flesh is doing the job of bringing darkness. But the light of the world is coming to the world. We're talking about Jesus today. John tells us he was the light and the light came into the world and his own rejected him. And then Jesus, as he grows up as to be a man, we know that Christmas is not the end of the story. The baby is not in the manger, FYI. Amen? And the man is not on the cross. Amen? He is risen. He's alive today. And so you're the light of the world. You've been given your candle stick, as Christian talked about this little light of mine, to let your light shine, to bring him glory. If you're not shining your light to all who might see, you're not bringing God glory. Does that make sense? You can't have it both ways. You can't bring him glory and not do what he says to do. You must listen to him, you must obey him, and you must trust him fully, even when you don't know the way. Now, Mary, do you think she listened to God, to the angel Gabriel? Did she obey God? Did she trust him? Because y'all know the story. She's like, I'm a virgin. How's this going to happen? Right? She had a lot of questions, but she believed in faith. She said, let it be. So be it. If you said so, I believe it. So let's get into the word today. And all throughout the scriptures, no matter who we mention, no matter what passages we look at, look at the people with circumstances where they listened to God, they obeyed God, and they trusted God. So today's message is called Heaven's Special Delivery. And have any of y'all picked up deliveries from 
any service right now, mail service, does UPS, FedEx come by your house on a regular basis? Yeah, they visit. Uh, Amazon like knows us personally, I think. I don't know who Amazon is, but there's always a package when I come home for lunch or there's something on the desk on our, our front stoop. And I told Wendy, I was like, we're going to get robbed because she, she orders just the smallest things, but they come in the mail. And they're sitting on my front stoop. Well, that delivery service is there's somebody somewhere to put a, something that you ordered in a package that sent it to a service that got it to the mail that got it to where you are today, where you live, right? You put your address in, your delivery address. Well, Gabriel had an assignment from God, and as Mike read in Hebrews chapter 1, the question was, what about the angels? Are the angels greater than Christ? And the answer is, no, he created the angels just like he created you and me. But the angels were created for a purpose. And what was the purpose of the angels? They were to be ministering spirits. They were to go deliver. They were the delivery service of heaven. Now God himself speaks. We know we have the Holy Spirit. We know that we have the Father. We know we have Christ the Son. But the angels were created to be ministering spirits, ministering in heaven as bringing glory to God, but also ministering spirits here on earth. And those that fell with Satan tried to ascend to the throne of God, those are called demons today, still angels, uh, but the fallen angels that have sinful angels that cannot be redeemed. Angels can't die, so therefore they can't be saved. We call them bad angels. Kids sometimes call them bad angels. Bad angels cannot become good angels again. And something God did, good angels can't become bad angels anymore. It's, it's been set for all eternity. But angels can't die. But angels, listen, are powerful. I read this past week, uh, why God's given me these passages of scriptures. I read where one angel killed 185,000 people in the scripture this past week. And I'm like, that's the God that we serve, right? The Assyrians were coming against the people of Israel, and the king cried out to God. The angel comes to the king and says, and the prophet comes to the king and says, God has heard your prayer, and not one arrow will be shot in this city. Not one siege will come against this city. Y'all, listen, let me tell you. And that night, the Bible says God sent out one angel who killed 185,000 soldiers of the opposing army. Is that powerful? That's the God that we serve. That's the God who has spoken in various ways and various times in the past, but today he has spoken through his son, Jesus Christ. So don't miss this. Don't leave a baby sitting in the manger today. When we walk out of here, we're talking about the beginning of, in our time period of his life here on earth, incarnate as we sing. When you hear the word incarnate, I never knew what that meant when I was a kid. I'm like, what does incarnate mean? Christ incarnate. It just means take it on skin. Touch your, touch your hand. It helps you remind Christ so come on, y'all do it. I know it's elementary, but you're going to need to teach this somewhere, somewhere this week. Christ incarnate, Christ in skin. When he came incarnate, he came in skin. Now, let's look to Mary, Christ Jesus' mother. We're going to turn to Luke chapter 1, beginning of verse 26. If you're there already, say amen. amen. Now, in the sixth month, of the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Now, if we said that today, we'd say, where's the place you think of as Podunk, South Carolina, Right? Like or North Carolina, wherever it might be, you go, ugh, nothing comes out of that trashy place, right? I'm so far back in the woods, they get Saturday Night Live on Sunday morning, right? That, that, that's live streaming. So, just, so the point being is they're so far back, those are country people, those are people that nobody wants to spend any time with, especially anybody of any class wants to go to Galilee. There's Gentiles there. The Romans are occupying. The Romans' roads head through there. I mean, it's filth. It's disgusting. Nothing good comes out of Nazareth. You can ask Nathaniel, right, when he was approached that we found the Messiah, and he goes, can anything good come out of Nazareth? 
And the answer is, of course, our Lord Jesus came out of Nazareth. So here we are. Gabriel has been sent to this Hickville called Nazareth. Now, 27, to a virgin he was betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, or in the Hebrew would be Miriam. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. That's putting it mildly, I would say. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb. Wouldn't that be nice if a Supreme Court justice would just read this passage of Scripture? Where is a human conceived? In the womb. When is conception? When is fertilized? At conception, right? When the two become one. In this case, it's when the Holy Spirit, we're like, so if you read through, you go, when did she ever get pregnant? The Bible tells you. Watch this. Let's continue. Do not be afraid, Mary, for what you have found favor with God. Verse 31. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name. What does your Bible say? Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob. How long? Forever. And of his kingdom, how long is it going to last? Forever. There's going to be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I do not know a man? That means that she's had no physical relationship. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived in a son her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, what does your Bible say? Nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word. And thank you for the clarity if we would simply read your word. And understanding that we can, Lord, understand what you're trying to say to us today. And Lord, there's so many things you're saying in this passage that we will only skip rocks at touching the surface of what you want us to know. But Lord, as we read individual, you'll minister to our hearts and our spirit that we might not just keep it to ourselves, but Lord, we would reproduce this information. We would give it away to family and friends and, and those who are looking to us, uh, Lord, for the hope that we have within us. Lord, help us be the people of God you want us to be. We want to honor you. We want to praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, go to your notes. We're going to try to go as quick as we can because Gabriel said a lot of things to Mary, but we need to set this up first. Listen, Mike read this in Hebrews 1. Since the beginning, or since God began our time, because God has no beginning, God has no end. So that's why I put it that way. Since he began our time. And by the way, when did God begin all things? In the beginning. That's exactly right. So Genesis 1.1 is very important to us because in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. If you have trouble with God creating the heavens and the earth, you're going to have a really hard time with this, a virgin conserving, uh, having a baby, conceiving a baby. Do you understand? And if you don't understand that Jesus, so so many people want to argue today in our culture, Jesus never said he was God. Well, he said, I and the Father are one. We have all those passages of Scripture. But what did God the Father say about him? We just sing it. His name shall be called what? Jesus, and it shall be called Emmanuel. What does Emmanuel mean? God with us. Where was God with us? In the very person of Jesus Christ. So is Jesus God? The answer is Yes, John 1 says, 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now the Jehovah Witness try to say was a God. They try to make it a small g. He was God. And everything that was made was made in and through and by him. So is Jesus God? The answer is yes. So did God come to live on earth? Yes, for some 33 years, God came to this earth. A miraculous birth we're talking about today. But how old was Adam when God created him? Take a guess. But how old was he in our age? We would say in man's age. How old was he? We, 10, maybe a little bit older because he got a wife pretty quick. So, And he had sons and daughters. So how about being a teenager or young 20? God made him instantly mature. It wasn't like he had to grow up as a baby. There was no one to caretake for him in the garden. He was instantly made. All of his internal organs, everything about a human was made instantly. How was the woman made? God had him put to sleep. God put him some, some good, I guess, I don't know if God has narcotics or not, but God put him to sleep. And he took out a rib, and what did he do with the rib? He made woman. And so the two became, listen, as they got married, as God had a marriage covenant with them, two becoming one. Is it impossible for God to take dirt and make a man? It's not, listen, with God, all things are what? Possible. Is it impossible that God can take a rib bone and make a woman? No, with God, what, church? All things are possible. So is it possible that God, the Holy Spirit, can hover, if you will, over Mary and God places Jesus Christ in her womb. He truly was not just there. He actually got his life in and through from, obviously, his eternal life was always there. But his physical life became present that very moment. He was a real baby. He became a real child, he, as, the, as we did, right? He became a teenager, as we did. And he became a young man, as we have become. And he did die a physical death. So these things are impossible with us. But I want you to see this. Each messenger God sent, and the message had a specific purpose. Each exposed God's holy love. Every time God does something, he exposes his love. And I'm thinking, Lord, when you killed those 185,000, what I was reading this week, was that God exposing his love? Yes. And it shows his holiness. I will not tolerate evil. Then I was reading about Korah, a group of Levites complaining against Moses. Moses, who do you think you are bringing us out to the wilderness? And Moses is like, hey, listen, I'm doing what God said to do. Sure you are. Moses is like, okay, there'll be a showdown tomorrow. Bring your censors, line up, and we'll, have, we'll see whoever God speaks through our censors. It'll happen. And Korah didn't even come out for the censor, but 250 of his Levites did. The Bible says the earth, earthquake opened up, swallowed Korah, his family, his kids, his tents, and everything in it. And when they were consumed by the hole in the ground, the, ground, the earth closed up over him. They were no more. And then fire from the pillar from God came. The Shekinah glory came and just destroyed 250 Levites and left just their, they obliterated them, left just their censers there, those brass censers that they beat out and put onto the altar. And when the people complained against Moses, they said, I can't believe you did this. Look what you did. You made God mad at us. God said, that's enough. I'm going after the people. And Moses said, put some wood from the altar, put the smoke in your sense of Aaron and run as fast as you can into the people because maybe God will have mercy. Aaron runs as fast as he can into the people. And before he got into the crowd, a plague had hit the people immediately and 14,700 people died. Does that sound like the same God of Christmas that we're singing 
fa-la-la-la-la and all the different songs that we sing at Christmas. Seems like that's a God of judgment and then a God of love, like there's two different gods. But I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, this is the same God that we serve. This is the God of love who says, listen, I will be holy, right? There's nothing can tarnish his holiness. But then he tells you and me to be holy as he is holy. You say, but Lord, how? Well, watch Mary. Mary was a sinful woman. She had the original sin from Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve sinned against God, everyone else that was born sinned against God. Who was her lineage from? We know because they went to go to Bethlehem to sign up there to record their uh, attendance for taxes, right? Joseph and Mary were from which lineage? The lineage of King David. So they were of King David's descendants, yet they were very poor. Well, let's get into the word. I want you to see in verse 26 as we bounce back and forth. God sent his special delivery minister to Nazareth in Galilee. The angel Gabriel was tasked by God to deliver his message with clarity. Did Gabriel speak with clarity to Mary? Yes, we know this is true because she asked questions and then in turn she responded and said, I understand, let it be, right? Let, this is going to happen just the way you said. And as we talk about Hebrews 1 and verse 14 said, or verse 13 said that the angels are ministering spirits. So was Gabriel a ministering spirit to Mary? How did he appear? He appeared as a mandar. He's not fluttering like tinkle bells in, the, in, the, in her room. He's speaking as a strong angel because she becomes very afraid. And we know if we look back in Scripture, we see that this next passage, you're going to see that we look back and see that Gabriel appeared also to Zechariah. And if you look back, you go read Daniel 9. Gabriel also appeared as a man to Daniel in chapter 9 of Daniel. And also another time he appears. One time he's flying. And some people say, well, see, angels have wings. The Bible never mentions wings. It just mentions that he was moving at rapid speed. Daniel sees this. Go back and read for yourself. Gabriel appears because he is, get this straight, we don't pray to Gabriel. We don't worship Gabriel. We don't think he's somebody super special other than God made him a anointed cherub. But he's a ministering spirit, just like every angel that God has ever created. Amen? Don't spend your time hoping God sends you an angel. Why would you want an angel when you have the Holy Spirit? Who's greater, the Holy Spirit or an angel? Then why mess around with an angel? Lord, just send me an angel to give me a message today. Every prayer you'll ever pray has been answered in this word. You say, I don't believe that. Well, you haven't been praying much or you haven't been reading this much. I'm telling you, if you have a prayer request, if you ask God of something, it's right here. The answer is here. You just had to wait for the answer. Sometimes he manifested in different ways, but you'll see, oh God, without him, all things are possible. Have we not seen some miracles lately in our church? Have we not been praying for some things and saying, God, this is impossible for you to do, impossible for man to do, but with God, all things are possible. We can take the very thing that God said, that Gabriel said to Mary, and make application to our lives if God has given you a word, if God has said so in his word, and God will affirm you in his word. So I want you to see, listen, previously in another town, Jerusalem, about some say 70 to 90 miles, depending, up at 90 miles away, and to another human, Gabriel delivered another special message from God. That's in Luke chapter five, uh, Luke chapter one, verse five through twenty-five. Just before this story, this happened. How long? There's been six-month period that's happened between when God spoke through Abra- through Gabriel to Zacharias till he comes to Mary. Do you think God's timing is perfect? Yes or no? Six months have passed, and how do we know that? Because the Bible tells us so. Zacharias didn't believe when this is John the Baptist's mother and father. Uh, he was serving as his time to go into the Holy of Holies, and Gabriel appeared to him. 
And he was astonished, like, your wife's going to have a baby. He's like, but I'm old and she's well beyond years. She's been past her all the cycles of life that she can't have a baby. And he asked with doubt. This is a prophet, right? Or priest, if you will. He's asking in doubt. The very God, could you imagine sitting in the Holy of Holies, get that one time in a lifetime to go behind the, the curtain, and then all of a sudden you're doubting the very presence of an angel being in your presence? An angel gives you a message from God. And so Zacharias, Gabriel said, since you didn't believe, you're going to be mute. You're going to not speak until the baby's born. His name will be John. And most babies were named after their father or their trade that they did. And so, Zechariah, if you read the story, go back. I gave you the reference in the Bible. Go back and lead, uh, read it. You'll find that he didn't speak at all until it was time to ask what his name was. And the, and the crowd asked, what is his name? And he said, his name is John. And then he prays. If you go back and read the rest of chapter 1, he and Mary both praised God for the message they received from Gabriel. Have you ever received a cool envelope or something in the mail that you really wanted? Or just a card from a distance, family or friend? And you get it and go, ah. And you just love and cherish the card. Have you ever gotten those messages? In our culture where text and everything else is uh, plenty, you don't always get cards. Have you ever got a bad message? Someone sent me a Christmas card and I just popped it open to read it. And when I did, glitter, it was like a glitter bomb went off in my I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scratch it all up and put it back in a card and return to sender and tell them, please open immediately. So it blows up on, on them. So I think it was a practical joke. I really do. It was a good one, too. They got me. It was all over my pants, all over my floor. Um, it was a friend of mine. I'll call him a friend, but uh, we'll see after, after we send the glitter bomb back. So. But you'll see, Gabriel has spoken to Zacharias. Gabriel has spoken to Mary. And we know that Gabriel has spoken to Daniel in times past. Mary, verse 27, tells us very clearly that Mary was betrothed to Joseph of the house of the King David, meaning that she was engaged they were already husband and wife. Everyone in the community saw them as husband and wife. Those two are, are with each other, but they can't yet uh, bring their marriage. They haven't been in the proper ceremony yet to have their marriage completed. So therefore, they stayed apart from each other. But they were committed to each other. And the only way to get out of betrothal in the Bible was to divorce the man or the woman. And the man had the privilege of divorcing the woman. The woman didn't often have any time of that. But the Bible tells us they were together. They belonged to each other, specifically to each other, and that they were of the house of David the king. Where did the lineage of the Messiah have to come from? Had to come from. King David's lineage had to come through. And if you back all the way up to the Garden of Eden, Eve was told, listen, your seed shall crush Satan's seed, right? Crush his head and kill him. Well, Jesus eventually overcome completely the devil and, his, and all of his angels. Andrew says, we're waiting for that day. He already has beaten them, but the day is he's going to be locked in the bottomless pit forever. Well, Mary was a virgin. That's a given. And sometimes I taught this uh, this past week to a group of teenagers in our Bible class, and you could only imagine the questions that went everywhere, and how can this be? And, and you know, this is the same thing Mary asked. But the Bible told us very clearly that she was a virgin. She'd never known a man. She even says that of herself. She was unembarrassed of this. She was... Want to brag about it, if you will, in the sense that this is true before God's holy messenger. Gabriel told her to rejoice because she was highly favored and blessed by God. Now, highly favored means she's highly graced. She's been graced by God. God has placed upon her the grace of his love. Now, why did God choose her? Why did he favor her? Because she was super special? Do you think? 
why would God use anyone in the ministry to speak for him? And what he does is he chooses those people who listen to him, those people who obey him, and those people who trust him. Uh, those people who actually are living a righteous life. You say, well, I'm, I'm pretty good with God. I don't pray that often. I don't read my Bible that often. Uh, I don't spend time at church. I go occasionally. But listen, I want to tell you, God's not interested in part-time obedience. God's interested in you serving him as he's your Lord and Savior. He wants you to serve him with all that you have. He wants 100% of your finances. He wants 100% of your life. He wants 100% of your gifts. And when you give those and say, Lord, these are yours, then in turn he says, now let me give them back to you that you might serve me with those. Those things that I have given you, God wants to bless you with. Well, I want you to see this. Mary, verse 29, she feared Gabriel and his message. Could you imagine being a teenage girl and hearing this message? You're going to have a baby. How is the natural question. She asked that question. She knew the pregnancy of a virgin without any intervention of man was naturally, physically, and biologically impossible. I don't know what her science degree was, but she knew this couldn't happen. We know this can't happen. And by the way, if anyone ever tells you their cousin had immaculate conception, uh, it didn't happen, okay? Cousin's running the roads, what she's doing, all right? I've had, I've had some folks that tell me that uh, my daughter was, she, she's, she, just, she was just became pregnant one day. Okay. Just for the record, children and teenagers and those of us that are adults, it doesn't happen that way. There was only one virgin who was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit and became pregnant with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Only one. Never to, be hap- never to happen again. It won't happen in time, didn't happen in time past. won't happen in time future. Well, let's get into the stuff that where Mary is fearful, but Gabriel's going to start listing off these things, if you will, his heavenly message. He's there with the message, and he has... I put down 14 things. There's probably 15 or 16 here. But watch what he says because Mary is in the presence of God's messenger. So therefore, Mary is in the presence of whom? Of God. If God's messenger is there, the Holy Spirit is all places. We'll see. The Holy Spirit's going to fill her to overflow. And Jesus himself is going to be placed in her womb. Here we go. Watch this. Let's go to the top 14 that I got down there for you. Gabriel delivered God's message to Mary very clearly. Here's what he said. Do not fear. Number one. Why did he say do not fear? Because she was afraid, natural thing. Listen, when your faith starts engaging, your fear starts moving away. Do not fear. Number two, same thing in verse 30, God has divinely favored you. God's the one that did this. God has sent me as a messenger. God is the one that's going to overshadow you. God has created you in your mother's womb, and now God is creating something in your womb that's going to be supernatural. Number three, verse 31, you will conceive in your womb. That sounds like elementary wording, doesn't it? But we understand this was something that was, wouldn't you come with lightning and all the thunder of the Old Testament if you were God? I'd, I'd, come, I'd come striking people down and just show up on like a gunslinger. But that's because I think like a human, not like God. God saw to it that he would come to one of the poorest families in one of the poorest towns that the king of kings might grow up in that atmosphere of two righteous, a mom, a righteous mom and a righteous dad. You will bear forth a son. It's very specific. You're not going to have a daughter. You're going to have a son. Capital S in your Bible, if you look, that's talking about Jesus Christ. There was no mistaking, and all these things can be fact-checked later, right? One, did I become pregnant? Two, did I have a son? You could check, Mary could check all these things off. The womb, obviously, was a no-brainer. For the second part of 31 you will call his name Jesus because he will save his people. Matthew 1, we know this. He will save his people from their sins. 
If you go back and read Matthew chapter 1, that's what the angel told Joseph, and that's what the angel said his name shall be called. So Mary knew his name was Jesus, Savior. Joseph knew his name was Jesus, Savior. Verse 32, Jesus will be great. Was Jesus great? Is Jesus great? Will Jesus be great? We know this from the Word of God because Jesus Christ, the Bible says, is the same yesterday and today and forevermore. Jesus is God, therefore he is great. Amen? But it was something that Gabriel's encouraging. God knew that Mary had these, all these compartments in her brain and in her heart that had to be filled up. Because when Zacharias heard the story, what did he do? Your wife's going to have a baby. He doubted. So therefore, Gabriel stepped up and says, okay, you're going to have to receive discipline from God. When Mary heard this, she goes, okay, how? As in, I believe it, but how's it going to happen? She was questioning as a matter of faith. Well, the second part of 31, you will call his name Jesus. Jesus will be great. Number six. Number seven, Jesus will be called the son of the highest. Why? Because that's his father. And Jesus even talked about, I do everything my father says for me to do. We're going through the book of John as we've taken a break. Everything the Father says, I do. Everything the Father shows me, I participate in. He always called to God the Father, and so should we. Number eight, the Lord God will give him the throne of David. Well, when's that going to happen? Obviously, how long is the, if you go back and look, the Bible tells us how long is the throne of David going to last? How long is the, the, the livelihood of Jacob going to last? Forever. So today, when we read this passage of Scripture, either we've got to say, this is just visually given to us, and it's not really true. It's just, uh, it's just word pictures. And, and so many people uh, take it where it's alliteration. I want to tell you as a pastor, I take it very specifically true that he shall forever rule over the throne of David. I, I believe, it's, I believe it's, going to, it's going to happen, and it is happening. Number eight, the Lord God will give him the throne of David. Number nine, Jesus will reign over the house of Jacob. How long? Forever, says so in Scripture. Number 10, Jesus' kingdom is how long? Eternal. Number 11, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Well, that's the movement of God. What does God do today that moves us? What is the power that you and I have today of the presence of? The Holy Spirit within us, but also there's something else that's very powerful because the Bible says it is the power of God unto salvation. What is it? It's the gospel news that Jesus Christ came to this earth, that he died on the cross, that he was buried, and three days later he rose again. You say, well, how can that be? How can that be powerful? Because the Bible says in Romans 1.16, that is the power of God. And what do we do with the power of God? What do we do with it? If you, have, if you just had the authority to throw a lightning bolt, what does God expect you to do? Chunk a lightning bolt, right? And chuck multiple lightning bolts. We don't have lightning bolts to throw at people, but what do we have? We have the gospel of Jesus Christ to give away to everybody who would ask or who would lean in and say, what is this all about? What is Christmas about? I don't fully understand it. And the Bible is very clear. You have the power of God, and all you have to do is speak it to people. And what happens? It's not your job to save anybody. It's not your job to change a heart. It's God's work through the power of the Holy Spirit. When you speak the power of God, then the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit works in their heart because they're missing something. And every person has been born without want to, to know God. And here it is when the Holy Spirit comes. And why does he use us? You would think, well, Lord, Holy Spirit, just do this to everybody. Save my mama, my, my daddy, my, my grandma, my, my aunt and uncle, whoever it might be. Save them, Lord. Just go squat on them like you did over Mary. Just hover, hover over them and save them. 
Wouldn't that be easier? Wouldn't, wouldn't you think so? Why are you all looking at me like that? Wouldn't you think so? But instead, he says, no, you go. You go make disciples of all the nations. You baptize them in the name of the Father, and Son, and the Holy Spirit. You teach them everything I taught you. And you go, but I just can't teach because I don't know enough. God forbid that we would get out of the pews, right, and get into the sidewalks and start sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then when we come to the pews, that we would sit around the older would teach the younger. The younger would respect the older as fathers. That we would actually live a biblical model for the whole world to see. That when we talk about Christmas, we know Christmas is just one, one smi- a small, tiny bit of the story. Because we're looking at Easter quick, right? We're getting out of that trough and we're getting right straight to the cross, right straight to resurrection. That's where we want to be because we serve a living Savior. We serve a living Savior. Amen? Number 12, Jesus, the Holy One who is to be born, will be called the Son of God. He's called Son of the Highest. He's called Son of God. And he's also called Son of Man. The Bible tells us he has these titles because that's who he is. Not what he's done, but that's who he is because of who he is. And then he tells her, your relative or your cousin, some some Bibles say, Elizabeth, who was barren, is now six months pregnant. Gabriel told her that Elizabeth is six months pregnant. Why? What did Mary do? How in the world? What would we do if somebody texted y'all that your barren old cousin was now pregnant? Did you hear about Elizabeth? I can't believe she got pregnant. How'd she get pregnant? New surgery? What happened to that woman? Y'all know that's how everybody was thinking the same thing back in their day too. Because even the Judaizers, the leaders of the Jews, made fun of Jesus saying, we know who our father is. They, they inferred that Jesus didn't even know who his own earthly father was, that Mary had gotten pregnant out of wedlock. You imagine if you found an old, old senior adult near the end of her life, now pregnant. Is that impossible? Humanly speaking, it is, but not with God. That's exactly right. And even Zacharias, her own husband, said, how? Right? He knew how old he was. He knew that she was past her time, right, of having childbearing. He knew all the grief she had dealt with her whole life. And he asked, how? And then the same thing that happened with Mary happened with Elizabeth. Similar thing, not the same thing, because it was supernatural that it was done by God, but it was done naturally. Watch this and see this. Verse 14, with God, nothing is or ever shall be impossible. Do you believe that? I'm asking you today, do you really believe that as a human, as a person? Can God change your heart? Can God change your life? Can God meet that need that you have? Can God feel that? What is financial problems to God? Because many of us, if we're not careful, get ourselves in financial woes, right? Especially here at this time of year. Here's the answer to it. Watch this. Don't do it. Watch this. Don't do it. Watch this. Merry Christmas. Jesus loves you. How much does that cost me? Zero. People know that you love. People know your situation many times. That's why we bear one another's burdens, the Bible says. That's why we do blessing boxes. That's why we do outreach. That's why we, why we do as much as we can as a faith family of God. People understand, listen, where you're at, where you are in life, if you just share with them. And there's no expectations. But listen, don't quit uh, giving a good word for the Lord Jesus Christ. Just because you're having a hard time or you're stressed out or your family's having some cracks and bumps and bruises. He's still God. And listen, I'm going to tell you, go before his throne and pray daily that he might intervene in that situation. With that relationship, wherever it might be, that God would be all that he needs to be 
to make that event happen or to come to fruition to bring him glory. Not so you can selfishly have it. Because what did Mary think? She could easily went out and, yes, I beat you, I beat you, I beat you, I beat you. I got Jesus in my womb, right? Because every, every mother was hoping her daughter would have the Messiah. And Mary could have went out champion. Right? She could have played some Rocky music. I have the tiger, went out and just started pointing to everybody. Y'all should have heard what happened to me. What did she do? She said, let it be, let it be so. And then she quickly, when she heard about Elizabeth, she was so interested in what's happening to Elizabeth, she takes off on her way to see Elizabeth. Now, was she pregnant when she took off to go see Elizabeth? She had to be because when you read the story of Elizabeth, if you go to the next part of the passage, Elizabeth said, when I heard your voice, Mary, the baby inside of me leaped inside of me because he, the baby, and Elizabeth was immediately filled with the Holy Spirit. You say, well, how can that be? Let me take you back to Genesis 1-1, right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Everything that was created, Jesus created. How could God do this? The answer is, I don't know the answer, but by faith, I believe it's true. Listen, with God, all things are possible. Well, when you remain obediently close with the Lord, this is where Mary was. You say, why would she get used? She was highly favored. Why? Because she was close with the Lord. She had followed through her teachings that she knew that, that purity was one of those things before marriage that she wanted, that Joseph wanted. She knew that she wanted to set things in order and be a biblical marriage for the, for the Jewish custom. But when you're close to the Lord Jesus Christ, he always has you ready for his next assignment. You say, well, uh, God's never given me anything to do. Probably because you're sitting in your pajamas waiting around for a job interview. And don't do it, right? Get busy. Get in his word. Know him daily. Know when he speaks and when he's ready. He's going to launch you to the next assignment. You're not going to be a Mary. You're not going to be an Elizabeth. Now, you could have a baby in old age, but I'm praying to God no miracles happen in our family. <clears throat> I'm satisfied with grandkids. Amen? But I want you to understand that assignment for ministering to the homeless, that assignment to ministering to orphans, that assignment to ministering to the, to the elderly, to widows, that might be your assignment, that assignment going overseas and preaching the gospel when it seems like nobody wants to listen to you, that might be your assignment. But if you're not ready for the assignment, God cannot use you. He's got to get you ready. And how does he get you ready? Day in and day out like this, being equipped, coming to church, going to a catalyst group, going to a small group, reading the word of God, praying privately, praying publicly, all those things God does uh, to prepare you for his work. Christians, we are now part of heaven's special delivery system. Gabriel did his job, and I'm sure angels still intervene in other places, but God has chosen to let his light shine through you and me. Let your light so shine before men. Make those deliveries, right? On-time deliveries every time. Give it at the right place, because the gospel must be preached in season, out of season. Y'all know deer season is about to close. Does anybody hunt? It's about to close. Deer season is about to close. But here's the deal. The season for sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, the power of the gospel, never closes. It's always going to be out of season. No one ever wants to hear it because you're saying you're a sinner in need of a Savior, and only Jesus Christ can save you. No one really wants to fleshly hear that, but they desperately in their soul want to hear that. And when you tell them, it offends them, it brings them back a step or two. It makes them angry, fill in the blank, whatever it may. How did it make you when you first heard it? When somebody says, you need to turn from your sins and turn to the Savior. It offends people. But now that you're a Christian, when you hear that, what do you say? Amen. 
Praise God, keep me on the straight and narrow, Lord. Keep me with you daily. Let me listen to you. Let me obey you. Let me trust you. I desire to love the Lord Jesus Christ more and more every day, to know him and the power of his resurrection. Well, Mary believed and had total acceptance. She was very much like Paul said in Galatians 2.20, crucified with Christ, even though he hadn't been crucified yet. I no longer live. Not, not me, but who is it? Christ in me and through me. That's how she lived. She said, let it be so. Look what it said. Look what it said there. Mary said in verse 38. Then Mary said, since you've explained all this stuff to me, behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel did what? He departed. He delivered the message. He made the heavens delivery and then he took off until another day. Go back and read. And Mary goes right into a song. And then she sings about all the things God has done for her. And then if you go in, she tells Elizabeth, and Elizabeth and her, I'm sure, having a worship service. And then Zacharias, the priest, goes right into another song. And he talks about his son, who's going to be the forerunner of her son, because John the Baptist is going to go before and prepare the way. A messenger in the wilderness. Behold the Lamb of God, he'll preach one day, who takes away the sin of the world. Here's my question. Have you received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you know that you're saved? If you know that you're saved, listen, are you serving him with your full capacity? Are you on the ready, like married, even though you're not going to have a baby, right? That's specifically going to be a supernatural baby, even though I think every childbirth is supernatural, but it won't be like Mary's. Are you like Joseph on the ready to go, man, what in the world? We're going to see Joseph next week during Christmas. Imagine what he was thinking. Come on, Mary. When she told him, Mary, what are you doing? And if it wasn't the angel of the Lord intervening, Joseph was a righteous man, the Bible says. But he was as confused as Mary. And if the angel hadn't come, which God knew that men are men, right? Because he even spoke about men in the Bible, how men respond to a cheating spouse. The Bible speaks about it. But God came to him as well. We'll see that next week. You know why? Because God loved Joseph, God loved Mary, and of course God the Father loved his son, Jesus Christ. And today, listen, I want you to know this. God loves you. He loves you and he loves you and he loves you and he loves you. And he wants you to live for him, his way, his righteous way. He wants you to be on ready saying, Lord, when the next assignment comes, when my assignment comes, let me be in the starting blocks ready to go. Right? When the whistle blows, when the horn shoots, whatever, the gun shoots, I want to go. I want to be on ready. Are you ready today? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you give us this impossible task to serve you never makes sense in the things that you call us to do. Lord, if we can make sense of it, we, we grab a sheet of paper and pro and con it, pro and con it, and we try to say, what's in it for me? What's in it for my family? But Lord, Mary just said, yes. And Lord, I pray we get so ready with the word of God in our hearts and our minds that when you call upon us, could be today, could be sometime in the near future, Lord, we're just ready to go. And you, we say, Yes. Mary didn't know what was coming but she knew who was in her womb she knew something of what God had said through Gabriel she was ready, she was willing and Lord for all of eternity I can't help but think the stories that she will share and we'll have an opportunity to talk with her one on one for those of us that go to heaven Lord help us be the people of God you want us to be, help us to be on the ready help us to listen to you help us to obey you And help us to trust you when we can't see the way, Lord, because we need your help. 
And we know that you promised the Holy Spirit would always lead us. I pray for someone today that might have come to church that's never given their heart and life to Jesus Christ, that today would be the day of acceptance. And those, Lord, who are not ready, those who have been disobedient, Lord, in their walk with Christ, that, Lord, you would prepare their hearts today that they would say yes to you, Lord, as if you'd spoken to them afresh. Thank you for your love and care for us. Thank you for our first and second and third chances. Thank you that you love us. You're a God of love. In Jesus' name we pray. For his sake, amen.